Hello, everyone. Welcome to To Be Heard Podcast, your weekly faith-filled and motivational podcast where listeners are encouraged, culture is challenged, and the truth can be heard. My name is Ayana Simone, and I want to welcome y'all into the very first To Be Heard Tuesday of this month of December. Oh my gosh, I kind of want to say Merry Christmas. Might be a little early for that, but um, no, it's officially Christmas season, and I'm so excited to be um, continuing on in this holiday season with you all right here on the podcast. Um, I know I say this often, but um, there's something really cool about this fifth season where, um, you know, I have been going on this journey with the Lord of just figuring out like what I'm called to do and staying faithful to that and seeing how in my partnering with God, how he's done some really, really cool things in my life and in my heart. And it's been a joy to uh, bring some of the things that I've learned and I'm still learning to the podcast in this fifth season. And so I pray that every episode has been blessing you so far and encouraging you to either figure out what you're called to do or to walk in the calling that you already know. Because sometimes you can know what God has called you to, but be paralyzed by either fear or um, maybe you're uncertain, like, was that God? (laughs) Or am I sure that, you know, this is something that I'm called to? Uh, Sometimes you can get stuck in that place and not walk in it. And so I hope that the last couple of episodes have been encouraging you to um, get a little confidence, you know, be confident in what God has called you to and and walk in that. Um, But I've been saying from the very beginning that we don't just want to do the thing that God's called us to, but we want to be the thing. We don't want to have all of this success and not have um, a really wealthy, tender, compassionate heart. Like, I mean, I think it's important to even uh, talk of that now, especially with the holiday season, you know, because you can be a billionaire and not have anyone want to come home to spend the holidays with you because you're kind of a jerk. Like, so you did the thing. Yeah, you know, you attained all of that wealth and success, but it's your heart. It's That's the thing that matters most. That's what God cares about. It's your character. It's who you are, not just what you do. And um, again, I have seen that principle play out in my life and in the life of many others where God just honors your person. He doesn't, I think that's more so religion that cares about what you do and how well you do it. Or in some cases, how well you don't do it, then religion just hounds you to do it better or um, just criticizes you for how you did it last time and all of this uh, stuff concerning what you do with religion. But when you're in a relationship with Jesus, like he cares about who you are. And when he sees that you're not just doing the thing, but you actually are the thing, you do have integrity, you are kind, you are compassionate, you are loving that's what he honors and that's what he loves to come alongside and and bless and, and partner and obviously not talking about the par- prosperity gospel in any way but that is facts like if you read through the scriptures God looks for the heart he looks at the heart he looks for lowly humble hearts um, because that's a heart that matches his Jesus is so humble and so uh, lowly and the fact that we get to celebrate him this Christmas season is uh, just a pleasure and so with that said in today's to be hurt Tuesday we are going to talk about Jesus I ain't gonna hide it from you we're gonna talk about him and something really interesting that he said in his word um, not just what he said but the principle behind what he said that I think can help a lot of us when it comes to staying faithful to what God has called us to um, because in last week's to be hurt Tuesday that episode was titled the one 
we talked about how sometimes what you're called to do is just for one person, which can be discouraging at times because we like multiple likes and comments and shares and reviews and ratings and all of that. But what if you were just called to do whatever it is you're called to do? What if it's just for one person? What if it's just for that one girl who, without your work, without your uh, obedience, she wouldn't come to know the Lord without uh, what you've been called to? Or the, I don't know, the man who has been lost for years, but until you started putting your music out there, it gave him hope. Like, what if it was just for the one? What if no one else understood what you were doing and why you were doing it, but one person? Would you still do it? And I challenged us all in last week's episode to see what our response would be, because if you're a little hesitant and if your answer was straight up no, like I want the multitudes, I want the millions of followers and the masses and the crowds to follow me. If that's your heart, I gotta just warn you. That is pride talking, okay? Like that is, if the, if that's anything, it's pride because then it's not just about the people anymore. It's about you. And again, we don't want to just do the thing. We want to be the thing. And, and part of that is to be humble and to make it about other people, to do the hard thing, to put out work that is difficult and different, but true and helpful. Doing that for one person is worth it. And if you disagree, I want to challenge that because culture would say, yeah, no worries. Like just do it for the masses, do it for the followers. But um, here on the podcast, I want to challenge that and say it really is uh, in some cases for the one. And I do want to lean into that thought a little bit more in today's To Be Hurt Tuesday and just continue on in that conversation. Because when I realized that much of what I'm called to do, um, especially in my writing, um, I've been kind of wrestling, honestly, the last couple of months here, if you want the truth, I've been wrestling because I know there are some things I'm called to do that really is just for one person. And, you know, maybe for uh, the next person, they're like, oh, yeah, that's cool. That's a really cool mission. And I know I'm called to do it for the one and there's nothing to wrestle about. Like, I'm really confident in that. Well, if you're anything like me and you have the fear of being misunderstood, then doing it for the one person uh, can sometimes paralyze you. And I hope I'm being very clear when I communicate this message because we've seen before how, you know, someone puts out an album or a movie, a book, what have you, whatever it is that they felt called to do and called to, to work on and execute. Sometimes we will see how many people resonate with it and many people get it and many people understand it. And it's like, um, that's the cool part, you know, seeing how it touches multiple lives. But there's also been other cases where you put out something and you find like, um, you may not get a lot of feedback, but from that one person who's like, if it wasn't for your speaking, if it wasn't for your talk, if it wasn't for uh, whatever it is that you did, I would not be here today. We've seen that too. And so when I say, and I, I recognize that much of what I'm called to is just really for one person, I've had to come up against that fear of being misunderstood a handful of times because yeah, that one person will get it, but many others won't. And so then you have that weight of, am I doing the right thing? Am I saying the right thing? Like, is this truly what I'm called to? Um, I want to welcome, obviously anyone's welcome to listen, but 
for those of you who can relate to any of what I've said so far, just that fear of being misunderstood because you know you're called to maybe just one one person. I'm recording today's To Be Her Tuesday for you. And that really does apply to a fear of any kind. Like I'm going to speak a lot on the fear of being misunderstood today, but maybe your fear is more so fear of rejection. Like maybe you you have something really cool that you want to um, make official and you want to get it out of your drawers. You want to get it out of your notebook and your notepad and you actually want to make it public, but you're afraid of the rejection. You're afraid of the publisher saying no, or you're afraid of, you know, the network telling you no, and you are, are paralyzed from that. Or um, it could be a fear of making a mistake. Like maybe you are out there and you're doing the thing and you're like well I kind of I've been in this public space for a long time what if I disappoint a bunch of people because I made a mistake like what if I do that um you know yourself fill in the blank whatever that fear is um again I found that fear has stopped me many times and because of that I always think about the people on the other side of that fear and what could have happened if I decided to face that fear and process it and deal with it and surrender it to see who would benefit from me just being obedient and being faithful to my call. And so I am grateful to say that there's been a handful of things that I've learned in that that I just want to bring to each of us today on the podcast. Because uh, when I say I learned something, my uh, a better translation of that is that I'm still learning it like I've learned it and I'm still in the process of learning it so we are truly in this together because uh, something that I've noticed if we're talking about fears of any kind um, one thing that I've noticed in leaders and dreamers teachers visionaries people who I really admire one thing that they do really well is um, get a hold of their fears and really what I mean by that is that they Sure, they're human, they have fears, but they don't let fear lead them. Like they don't let fear be the driving force in their journey of staying faithful to what they're called to. Like there are some people who they might still have the fear of being misunderstood, but even with that fear, they don't let that um they don't let that stop them. Like even while having the fear of being misunderstood, they're still like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to say it, I'm going to put it out there, I'm going to launch it because I'm not going to let fear stop me. Um, And I actually do have some examples, like present day examples, not just in biblical times, but present day examples that you may recognize some of these names, you may not. But um, I don't know if y'all been following, but there's this particular rapper. He is a believer. Love this dude. I don't, I can't say like I know all of his stuff and all of his songs, but if you know me, I am big on music. <laughs> like, I very often pull up to places and my windows are shaking because of how loud I am. My music, like, if it's not loud, if it's not shaking my car, turn it off. Like, I love my loud music. And so, um, D1 is a rapper who I've, um, I played a couple of his songs. Like, I can't say I've listened to him a lot, but he, as of late, he's been challenging a lot of what we see and hear in the current hip hop industry. Um, So he's been speaking to a lot of what I think we all have observed if we are being very brutally honest. Um, He's been speaking to a lot of what we already knew existed but he really is making noise about why it needs to end. And I, be, to be more specific, the hip hop industry 
pretty much glorifies evil. Like it glorifies violence. It dehumanizes women a lot, which I have so much to say about that. Um, But like drug addiction and murder and just stuff that should not be on a pedestal stuff that no no person I don't care your age your race nobody should be consuming this thinking this is fine like this is okay it's wrong it's evil and what D1 has been doing is he is making noise about how it needs to come to an end and the mindset shift that we need to have as a culture to put an end to that nonsense because what he's really saying is you know on one hand they make music to glorify evil but then the next they're trying to um you know speak for progress and prison reform and all this but it's like if you listen to their music that's not at all what they're glorifying in their music like they're glorifying the very thing that they're standing up against at the same time and he's calling out the hypocrisy and he's getting so much criticism from it which is the wild part because I'm like finally we have a voice that everyone you know everyone's been wanting to say this everyone agrees with him but he's actually getting a lot of pushback right now and I bring him up to say like here's a perfect example of someone who he may I don't know him personally he may have the fear of being misunderstood but he's certainly not letting him letting that fear stop him from doing the thing that he needs to do and a thing that I thank him for doing and many others thank him for doing like as much pushback and hate and criticism that he's getting he's still pushing through and he's still making noise and he's still he's still using his voice to be heard and I have a lot of admiration uh for that I can even give another example you might be familiar with this name if you are unfamiliar with this name I'm gonna put you on right now her name is Jackie Hill Perry she is phenomenal I've been following her before any of y'all and I always have to say that I'm like I knew her before y'all did okay like I've been following her stuff for so long back when she made music like okay like I've, I've been a long time fan and something that she's been speaking up about lately there's one particular time this year in 2023 when she really started to make some noise about this but she she's been challenging the church to kind of question what they consume and what they're listening to on a daily basis she's actually been pulling out some of the lyrics and wanting the church to take an honest look at what we consume and what we um just like casually put on just for some background music she's trying to get the church and hold other believers accountable like hey y'all like let's check what we consume let's check what we listen to And in her doing this, she's upset a lot of believers. Same with D1. Like, um, some Christians are coming at him and same with Jackie Hill Perry. Like, a lot of of the church are, are kind of like, they don't want her to speak up about it. But she continues to. And she continues to challenge the church in this. And, again, don't know Jackie. Don't know what her fears are. Though I've listened to a lot of her interviews. I bet you I can guess what they are just because of how much I've, I've learned from her and been able to um, just pick up on little things that she's mentioned here and there. But I don't know her, so I don't know what she struggles with. But whatever it is that she does struggle with, she certainly doesn't let it stop her. She doesn't let that fear stop her from doing what she's called to do. And I honestly could go down the line of people who I would consider heroes. Like they are doing the thing that they feel called to do 
even while it's scary and even while it's unpopular. And some people have given up the kind of music that D1 and, and Jackie Hill Perry are challenging. And, and so it could just be for those, you know, that one person. But even with so much backlash and so much negative feedback and hatred and criticism, they still continue to speak up and they don't back down. And they, in a way, are like, I said what I said. Like, if you have a problem with it, that's on you because they're providing the truth and it's making a lot of people uncomfortable. And a lot of people hit the unfollow button and, you know, kind of leave their fan base. And so both of those guys have a decision to make and anyone in that that realm of, you know, doing the hard thing, but the thing that they know they feel called to and staying obedient to that, many of them have to face the decision of, am I going to retract my statement? Am I going to go back and be like, actually, I'm just kidding. I want, I care about the follows. I care about whether or not you like me. And you know what? My fear does have a point. I do want to be understood. So I'm not going to say anything. Like they have a choice to make every day and they continue to make the hard choice, the right choice, but the hard choice. And the reason why I bring that up is because, again, not only am I learning how to not let the fear of being misunderstood stop me and actually like living in freedom from that, but also taking a look at how it's been done. You know, I do look up to D1. I do look up to Jackie Hill Perry. And um, if you're looking for role models, I would highly recommend you check out their content and see what they're about and what they're doing because they're doing some really honorable, admirable work. And if you want the truth, you guys, that's the very reason why I started off this fifth season with proclaiming that anyone can do it and not anyone could be it. Because anyone could do the easy thing, but when you start doing the hard thing and you have to start saying some hard stuff and putting out some really challenging um, truth that many will not accept and many may hate you for saying and doing and, and launching, it's important that you don't just do it, but when it when you start to do the hard thing, you now have to take a look at who you are. Because if you are healthy, if your heart is in the right place, if you have integrity, if you are, if you have a tender heart and you're compassionate and you're, you really do love God and you really do love people, loving your neighbor as you love yourself, like if that is the posture of your heart, then you are healthy enough to handle, honestly, the consequences of what you are called to do. Again, I know what I'm called to do uh, is, is mainly for just one person. And so sometimes that can be hard. You could probably say the same about you as well. In your own discovery, you may find that you're only called to do it for just one kind of person. And that could be really difficult. And so now more than ever, we need to make sure that we're not just doing the thing, but we're being the thing. Because when we are the thing, when we're not just putting on a show, but we actually live out the very thing that we're a cult to and the very thing that we're creating or launching or what have you, when our heart matches that, we can stand up against the consequences and the reactions of what we do. And so lucky for us, yes, we do have incredible examples like D1 and Jackie Hill Perry, but even greater than the two of them, we have Jesus. And so I told y'all from the beginning, we'd be talking about him. And of course, I mean, as we should, it's it's Christmas time. We're about to celebrate his birthday, for goodness sakes. Okay, yeah, we're going to talk about him. But Jesus, when we consider who he was and who he is and match it to what he did and what he said and really what his purpose on earth was, we see that Jesus, much like D1 and Jackie Hill Perry, he did and said a lot of things that the crowds just didn't like. 
And the thing about Jesus is that he constantly had crowds surrounding him. Like the more that his fame spread and the more that people started to find out what he could do and all the miracles he could perform, very often was he surrounded by crowds to the point where he and his disciples had to find a quiet space to get away. Like he and his crew were the the most famous cats out there. Like they had crowds following him all the time and Thanks be to God, Jesus was not some insecure people pleaser where he said the thing that everyone would understand and everyone would get and everyone would be able to digest. No, Jesus just spoke the truth all the time, which makes sense because he is the truth. So he wasn't just doing a lot of truthful things and saying a lot of truthful things, but he literally lived out the truth. Like he was the truth. And so in that, he said a lot of things, a lot of truthful things that caused a myriad of reactions okay because some of the things that he said all of them were true everything that he said was true but in the way that he presented that truth some people were like this dude is nuts (laughs) like this dude has completely lost his ever-loving mind like what is he even saying and I want to study a particular passage of scripture that I think would teach us the most about how to handle those reactions. And yes, we did talk about a a bit about that already in this fifth season. But the title of today's To Be Heard Tuesday is called Eat My Flesh because those that is a direct quote (laughs) that Jesus said to the crowds one day that again, I mean, this man was followed by crowds day in and day out. And with the message like eat my flesh, you kind of have to ask the question like, bro, what do you mean by that? Like, just imagine being in the crowd hearing Jesus say eat my flesh. Like some people are like, not this dude converting to like cannibalism or something like that. Like this really wild thing that I just want to study together because there's actually some context to it that number one, I think it help us in our um, in our own journey of, you know, saying the hard thing and doing and creating the hard thing that might not really rest well with the masses and might not be received well from from the crowds. So we're going to take a look at how in him saying that what we can learn from him saying that and not retracting his statement and standing on what he said. But number two, actually understanding the importance of what he meant by that, because a lot of times and we have all seen this, people will say one thing and it's on TMZ the next day translated into another thing like that happens. And so I do want to take a look at what he meant when he said, eat my flesh. But um, first, understanding how we can respond when we're called to say something hard and wild as eat my flesh and how we should respond to the the pushback and um you know the backlash that we might receive and so I want to start off in uh, John 6, but before I read, because there's a, a handful of verses I want to look at, it's a long passage of scripture, so I was trying to figure out how I can shorten it a bit, but before we read our text today, I'm going to read, you know, why Jesus even said, eat my flesh in the first place, um, I want to provide some context as to what happened before, you know, he even had to say this, but Jesus literally just got done feeding 5,000 people, 
Again, he's constantly surrounded by crowds a lot. This might be one of his largest, but 5,000 people uh, came to listen to him speak. And he um, noticed that, you know, many of them did not eat. Many of them did not have food. And so he tests his disciples and asked how he's going to feed them. And all they had was just five loaves and two fish. And so Jesus, being God in flesh, he blessed the five loaves and two fish and ended up being able to feed not only the 5,000 people in the crowd, uh, but also his 12 disciples, and he had leftovers to give them as well. And so with a miracle such as that, and I'm a big foodie, so anyone who can just multiply the very thing I love, I'm like, yeah, I'm a fan. Like, where are you going? I want to follow you. And so all 5,000 people had that same thought, like, this dude is our answer. Like, we'll never have to go without um, anything. Like, if the man could take five loaves and two fish and do that, then he could do this, he could do that, he could do that. And they were just obsessed about what Jesus did. And so as a result, they look long and hard for Jesus after that because Jesus gets away with his disciples. He actually ends up walking on water. In the meantime, that is a miracle in itself that we won't get into. But I mean, he's God in flesh. Miracles are happening all the time. And so, but the people who he fed, those uh, included in the 5,000, they were looking for him, searching for him, and finally they found him. And I want to pick up on Jesus's response to them. And there's, we'll jump around a little bit just because this is such a long passage of scripture. And I only want to highlight a few verses, but I want to read to y'all now that we have context. I want to read John 6, starting in verse 26, and we'll read to you verse 27. It says, Jesus replied, to the people after they found him. This is verse 26. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. You want to be with me because I fed you, not because you understood the miraculous signs. But don't be so concerned about perishable things like food. Spend your energy seeking the eternal life that the Son of Man can give you. For God the Father has given me the seal of his approval. So right off the bat, let's understand what Jesus is saying. He's like, the only reason why y'all are here It's because I fed you. It's because of what I did. It's not because of who I am, but what I did. And what Jesus is saying, he's like, if you think the miracle is good, then I'm trying to get you to see that the person behind the miracle is even better. Like, it's not all about what I do, but it's actually who I am that can give you abundant life, like a sustainable, full, fruitful, abundant life is what he's saying in verse 27. But jumping down to verse 33, he's still talking to the crowd, the people who looked for him. He says in verse 33, the true bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Verse 34, sir, they said, give us that bread every day. Verse 35, Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. And so again, pause there. Jesus is like, the bread is supposed to point you to me. Like, I'm not just giving you a bunch of food to feed you, but who I am. He literally says, I am the bread of life, meaning I can give you everything that you need. Like, if you're satisfied with some bread and water, like, wait till you enter into relationship with me. I can give you everything you need and more. Your emotional needs will be met. Your spiritual needs will be met all of it, like everything that you need, you can find it in me. 
And so the crowds are so obsessed about what he did. But Jesus is like, I'm trying to get you to see who I am. When we read in verse 26, he's like, "The um, you're only looking for me because I fed you, not because you understood the uh, miraculous signs. He's like the miracle of the of me multiplying the five loaves and the two fish. The miracle was supposed to reveal who I am. Like that was the whole point of it. I wanted you to see me, not just what I do. But then if we jump down to verse 47, and this is where we'll spend a handful of our time. In verse 47, he says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes has eternal life. Yes, I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate manna in the wilderness, but they all died. Anyone who eats the bread from heaven, however, will never die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will live forever. In this bread, which I will offer so the world may live, is my flesh. Verse 52. Then the people began arguing with each other about what he meant. How can this man give us his flesh to eat? They asked. So Jesus said again, I tell you the truth. Unless you eat the flesh of the son of man, referring to himself, and drink his blood, you cannot have eternal life within you. But anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise that person at the last day. Verse 55, for my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in him. I live because of the living Father who sent me. In the same way, anyone who feeds on me will live because of me. I am the true bread that came down from heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will not die as your ancestors did, even though they ate the manna, but will live forever. And finally, jumping down to verse 66, it says, At this point, many of his disciples turned away and deserted him. So, we kind of already paused at a couple of verses and talked about what they meant. And, uh, you know, referring to Jesus kind of being frustrated with the people like y'all are so concerned about what I did. Like, I'm telling you, there's more of where that came from. Like, if you were looking for me because of who I am and not just what I did, you would be filled abundantly more like you wouldn't have to be searching for the next meal. He's like, you can be fooled all the time in relationship with me. That's the true context of what he's saying. And so with the title of today's To Be Her Tuesday, Eat My Flesh, and the wild part about it, we read it together in the last few verses we just read. But I can understand the crowd being, you know, listening to those words like, eat my flesh. What in the Sam Hill are you saying? Like, I could understand their confusion. But something that Jesus often says anytime we taught, he's like, those who have ears to hear, let them hear. In other words, he's like, you can hear me day in, day out, but are you listening to me? Don't just look for perishable things like food is what he said, where you eat it, you consume it, and then you're you're left wanting more like you were satisfied for a bit and now you want more. He's like, you can constantly be full like you don't have to depend on the next meal, but just staying connected to me and being in relationship with me. I can meet all your needs 24 seven like that's the beauty about who I am and not just what I do. Like, I am the bread of life. You're looking for, like, actual bread to consume, but I am that bread. Like, I am what you're looking for. Right now, you're just looking for what I can give you, but I want you to look at who I am. That's what Jesus is stressing when he says, eat my flesh. But even in that, even with my breakdown of the scripture, I know there's a handful of y'all like, okay, but he didn't have to say it like that. <laughs> like there could be another way, an easier way to say that. 
But I think that Jesus specifically said that because he wanted to challenge their hearts. He wanted to see those who would stay because of who he was and those who would um, reveal, you know, after listening his words and not being able to receive it, listening to that and deserting him. He wanted to separate who is here because of who I am and not just what I do. Because, and I didn't read this to y'all, but right after he sees that many of his disciples turn and desert him, he looks at the 12 who's been following him for, um, you know, the three and a half years of his ministry. He looks at them and he's like, are you guys going to leave too? Suggesting that there's not one moment in anything that Jesus said where he's like, oh, Man, I lost so many followers over that. I lost so many. I lost all my crowds. Oh my gosh, like my influence is not influencing anymore. And he's like whining and crying and like, you know, I'm going to retract that statement. Y'all, I didn't mean it. Let me say it this way so you can get it. He's like, y'all could go too if you want. Like so confident in his mission and so confident in his message, what he's called to say, what he was called to do that the the crowds leaving him didn't bother him and he certainly was not concerned about being misunderstood if anything he called out the crowd in that we read it together in verse 27 he's like or verse 26 i believe he says i don't want you to misunderstand the miraculous signs like the sign was supposed supposed to point you to me not just to fill you up, but to actually send you an invitation to the best relationship you can ever enter in your life. And he knew that when he presented it the way that he did, that it would confuse a lot of people. It would cause him to um, lose a lot of followers and be hated and criticized in a lot of different ways. And granted, these were the people who were actively looking for him, like search high and low across the region to find him. And when they did, they left because Jesus wouldn't conform to what they, they wanted him to do and what they wanted him to say. He stood on that and he wasn't embarrassed about that. And sometimes I feel like when we're called to something, again, it could be for the one or it could be for the masses. But regardless of who's in your audience, are you going to say the thing that needs to be said? Are you going to do the thing that needs to be done? We all have unique callings. All of us do. So the question becomes, are we going to withdraw when it gets hard and withdraw when we lose numbers and when we lose quote unquote influence? Or are we going to be like Jesus and be like, no, I said what I said. And y'all, anyone could leave. Like the door is wide open. I'm not holding a gun to your head. Like you must, you know, receive everything that I give you. Jesus is like the choice is yours, but I am going to stay true to the message. I'm going to stay true to the, to the truth. And the wild part about that is that while Jesus was so misunderstood when he said, eat my flesh, he was so misunderstood by that. But for those who really understood and those who got it, understood that Jesus isn't talking about like, okay, chew my arm off. Like, I'm going to peel my flesh off. You eat it. He's not talking about that. What he's referring to is I'm giving my body to you. Like I am dying your death. And if you believe in that, by grace, through faith, you are saved. If that's the relationship you choose into, you won't have to go searching for food. Like, and he's speaking metaphorically because they're literally searching high and low because they just want the next meal. But he's like spiritually and emotionally, like you will be full because of the relationship that I am dying to have with you. And I did and I will die to have with you. That's what he's really speaking to. But a lot of people didn't understand that. And isn't that so sad? Because 
Jesus is like, I'm, I can give you bread and more. Like I can give you so much more than what you're looking for, but you have to be in relationship with me to receive it. And many people rejected that message because they're like, bro, I'm just hungry. Like, do you have burgers and fries or not? Like that was the only thing on their mind. And so when Jesus turned and he looked at the 12 and, you know, he asked them, are you guys going to leave too? Because you, you have permission to, if you, if you don't rock with this, like you'll full permission to leave. But in verse 68, it's Peter who actually replies. He says, Lord, where are we going to go? Like your words, you have the words that give eternal life is what he says. He says, we believe and we know who you are. So in a way, Peter is saying, and he's speaking on behalf of the 12. He's like, Lord, we're not just following you for what you do. We're following you for who you are. And I think that's another principle in itself. And this will be the last thing I say before we close out today's episode. But there will be some people who follow you along in your journey because of what you do because of the the success that you have, or because maybe you're just a popular, a lot of people like you, and so they like what you do too. Like, it's not really a a personal connection, you know? But other people, and again, this could just be for the one kind of person that you're called to, and the one kind of person that you're doing it for in your audience. Some will follow you for what you do, but others will follow you for who you are. And that is why it's important to not just do the thing, but to be the thing. Like, be the kind of leader, be the kind of dreamer and visionary and musician and writer and podcaster and singer-songwriter and director and dancer and painter and athlete. The kind of person that people want to follow. Because you're going to do a lot of great things. I believe that for everyone tuned in. You're going to do a lot of incredible things. But don't just do all of that and let that tell the story. Like actually be the person who people want to follow. And the people who follow you may not be large in number. That's okay. Jesus had 12 true disciples. Not even. He had 11. It talks about that. I skipped over it in what we read. But it talks about Jesus knowing who was going to betray him. So he had 11 real ones. 11. Not thousands. Not millions. At that time, he had 12 but really 11 real ones saying like yeah we heard him say eat my flesh but we know who he is and we follow him not because of what he did or what he said but because of who he is we've seen him behind the scenes we've seen him when no one's looking we see him when the crowds go home this man is a real deal like he is the holy one the holy son of god and that's why we follow him and so I was really excited to record today's To Be Hurt Tuesday because there's so much, there's so many principles that we can draw from this passage alone, you know, from conquering the fear of being misunderstood and staying faithful to to what we're called to, even when it's hard. And um, because sometimes what we're called to do is difficult, then being who we are, focusing on that and putting our energy towards that, like, we're yeah, I'm going to do a lot of great things and I'm going to do a lot of things that may... um, you know, create some backlash and may create some negative feedback and hatred and criticism. But I'm going to be humble. I'm going to have integrity. I'm going to be compassionate and loving and kind. Like my, I'm going to tend to my being and out of that place of being, I'm going to do so that when what I do causes all of these reactions and all of these comments and, you know, critics, compliments and comment sections, we talked about that too. When I receive all of that, I can rest assured, like, you know what? I know who I am. I know who I am in the Lord, and this doesn't bother me. 
And so even when I'm afraid, I know because of who I am, I have a place to take that fear. I have a place to process that fear. That's what it's about, y'all. It's about your being, being a healthy person. So when you walk through something hard, your being is healthy enough to handle it. And so, again, was so excited to record today's To Be Hurt Tuesday. And I hope that that message is clear. For those of you who get it, like the girls that get it, get it, okay? And the boys that get it, get it, all the people listening. Like, I hope that you're blessed by what I'm saying because, y'all, the new year's approaching. And I know that if you're anything like me, your bucket list is going crazy. You have a lot of plans, a lot of goals and dreams that you're trying to execute in the new year. Well, a principle like what we read today in this passage of scripture, studying eat my flesh, that's going to take us a long, long way. And so I hope that this message was clear. I hope that you understood it. And for those of you who did, like, I just, I know that that's going to serve such a greater purpose when you step into what you're called to and you, or you continue to walk into whatever it is that you're called to. I just know it's going to uh, bless you and serve a large, large purpose for you and for me. And so with that said, thank y'all so, so much for listening. Um, if the episode did bless, bless you, I would love to know about it. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts. You can rate the podcast anywhere you listen um, on any streaming platform. Follow and subscribe on whatever listening platform you tune in on. Of course, give To Be Heard Podcast a follow on Instagram. Check me out over on my website at ayanasimone.com. And you guys will hear from me next week right here on To Be Heard Podcast. <laughs>